On this episode of Human Inclusive, Christopher and I flew to Colorado to meet the people behind a mission to help companies be intentionally inclusive for more neurodiverse teams. We'll meet Lauren Burgess, serial entrepreneur. I am Lauren Burgess. CEO and founder of Dirt Coffee and its apprenticeship program. I want to strip away the fear that a lot of people have of the unknown. It's really cool now getting to work at a coffee shop and being able to interact with customers on a daily basis who have never known that they have interacted with somebody with autism and getting to share those conversations and being able to change that person's mind or perspective on what it means to actually live in a world that includes people with autism. And Cody Hemmen. So I'm Cody Hemmen. General Manager and Visionary behind the apprenticeship pilot with the flagship DSW shoe store in Park Meadow, Colorado. About 90% of people on the spectrum being unemployed was jarring to me. Join us as we explore and learn about the life-changing impact of an apprenticeship program that all started with a cup of coffee and a Wi-Fi password. We'll hear about the impact of the partnership between Dirt Coffee and DSW from three individuals, Andy and Rachel, who are DSW apprentices, and Robbie, who is a manager at Dirt Coffee, who participated in the apprenticeship program. We'll learn about motivation for these two organizations to work together to move the needle on hiring neurodivergent folks and building neurodiverse teams inclusive of all cognitive functioning. Welcome to the Human Inclusive Podcast, where we curate stories and amplify diverse populations. I'm Leah. I use she, her. I'm Christopher. I use he, him. Okay, so can we back up for for a second? Let's talk a little bit about what it means to be neurodiverse versus neurodivergent or neurotypical. We're going to be talking about all of these terms today. So most people are neurotypical, meaning that the brain functions and processes information in the way society expects. While neurodivergent means that the brain functions um, learns and processes information differently from the societal expectation. Neurodivergence includes, it, it includes ADD, ADHD, autism, Down syndrome, dyslexia, and dyspraxia. Neurodiversity refers to the different ways the brain can work and interpret information. It highlights that people naturally think about things differently. We have different interests and motivations and are naturally better at some things and poorer at other things. I'm excited that we have the opportunity to talk about this as we explore and and peel back the, the layers of diversity. When we talk about this concept, I think it's important to ask ourselves, what do we envision when we say diverse workforce? Like, what does that mean? Or, or what does that include? Does it include people with varying cognitive functions? I think that answer varies depending on who you ask. Oh, obviously. Uh, and that's what's so interesting about this. All too often, people who are neurodivergent are told they don't belong in the workforce. Dirt Coffee in Littleton, Colorado was developed to solve that exact problem. That's fascinating. And Leah, you have a special relationship to this story as well. Tell us a little bit more about that. Selfishly, uh, my curiosity stemmed from my childhood, though. I have to admit that. Growing up, my mom worked for several different organizations for adults with autism, and there were so many barriers to getting this population of people intermingled with the general community, let alone get them jobs. 
So I saw a lot of the challenges they faced and the discrimination keeping them on the outskirts of the community, which is why I really wanted to learn more about how and why Lauren Burgess, CEO of Garden, the day support program, built the coffee shop dirt. We have had this program, we call it um, employment cultivation. So it started at Garden and then moved into dirt. Um, and we have done it in the past on a really individualized basis and more based on our um, client or our employee and what their interests are. And then we go out and seek businesses who um, can fit that need and have it be mutually beneficial. When my friend Samantha first told me about the day program for people with autism that she worked for called Garden and the opportunities that were growing out of it from a coffee truck and shop to an Etsy store and an apprenticeship program in partnership with a flag, a flagship DSW shoe store, I was immediately hooked. Talk about empowerment and inclusion. I really wanted to know more. My why started out with why aren't people with autism in our everyday lives? Um, and my why now is why are 90% of people with autism unemployed or underemployed? And the more I dig, the more I learn, and the more I want to create opportunities that not only solve those problems, but set the stage for um, other organi organizations, companies, individuals to um, take that same ownership and um, plant the seeds and let, let it grow. When you first told me about this work, I was I was floored. It was really interesting to me to hear how Lauren worked with Cody Hemmen, the general manager of the flagship DSW shoe store in Park Meadow, Colorado, talk about their approach to inclusion. We are the first store really piloting hiring individuals that are neurodiverse. And we want to benefit from using their strengths and their strengths of being attention detailed, doing repetitive tasks really well over and over and over. Their consistency is something that we need in our warehouse or back of house. And so we're being the, we are one of the first stores to really see what we can do with it. And we don't know yet, but we know right now at Park Meadows, it's successful and that will be contagious. When we first met him, I assumed that he had been doing this type of inclusive work for years. I started with zero knowledge, no knowledge at all of what I was getting into. It was a documentary that I saw and then, I mean, I think the, the, the next closest thing I had was watching Atypical on Netflix, right? That it just was, oh, that's something that exists, right? To meeting with Lauren and having, you know, being very transparent with her. I don't know what I can say and what I can't say. I don't know what's politically correct. Please educate me. And don't be afraid to stop me if I'm wrong. And her openness to knowing that that's, that curiosity is the, the first step. Um, and so that, that was interesting for me. And then for me to take it and have to train it to a team, right, of 50 plus employees of what, what are the terms that we need to use and when is it okay to do this, that, and the other. Um, so that was a, a unique experience for me. And it's really opened my eyes to just diversity in general. I think we think of diversity as color or gender. And this is, no, diversity is so much more than that. And in a personal, you know, to my personal experience, it's hopefully made me just a better person. And can you believe that the partnership between Cody and Lauren was sparked by a cup of coffee and a Wi-Fi password? 
Shameless plug. So I love to go downtown Littleton and I take my two and a half year old, almost three, and we take pictures. Like that's our hobby. And I love coffee and he knows that. And so when we, he's like coffee. And so we went in and I got a coffee and I'm trying to get on the Wi-Fi. And the Wi-Fi password is 90%, right? Can I say that? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> everyone, dirt yeah. coffee, so 90%. I'm reading this and I'm like. Come in and log on. Yeah. yeah. Just, just shocked, right? It's just like, I'm, I'm surprised. That just blew my mind in Colorado where unemployment is at an all-time low and we have the number one economy in the U.S. So it just got my wheels turning, but I didn't do anything about it, right? And Jackson and I just kept coming back. And that's how it started. Um, and then I'm watching the CBS Sunday morning show. And there is a piece about Microsoft looking for people that are neurodiverse because they fit a need. Um, they have strengths and Microsoft saw those strengths and is actively looking for individuals mm -hmm. on the spectrum. And it brought me back to the Wi-Fi password and the problems I was having staffing a store. So I went back to Dirk that on my next day off and brought Jackson and just asked the barista if I could just post a flyer. I was like, can I just post a flyer saying I'm hiring? And she's like, uh, I, I can do a lot better than that. We are a coffee shop that employs people impacted by autism. And it's very rare that a business um, and an individual come in and say, hey, I want to start hiring people with neurodiversities. And that's when we're like, oh my gosh, no, don't put out a flyer. Like we're going to do everything and every, anything possible to make sure that this is super successful and long-term. We need to meet you. Let's sit down for a meeting. I'm kind of thinking like, this is going totally different than a flyer. <laughs> um, and so we met and had obviously coffee and it was so enlightening. They told me ev about their services, what they do. And I didn't know what I could do. Once I started hearing about all of this, I was just like, holy cow, I don't know if I can even do anything with all of these services, with all of this support, right? That's not something you get in the talent world. When you're right. trying to hire people, right. you don't get support. It's a, like a, <laughs> like, it's a cutthroat poaching, right? No, not here. Um, and so she educated me and I went back and kind of told DSW, I was like, I, I want to try this. Um, can, I, can I try it? And they were super supportive, you know? Um, and so that's kind of how the whole process got started. I love how they start orientation for this hiring program with the neurotypical. So let's hear how Cody really creates an inclusive culture by living the DSW values. He's not forcing the new neurodivergent hires to fit DSW's culture, but instead incorporates practices to embrace neurodiversity. So our mission statement is we inspire self-expression. We want you to express yourself. And so we start in the interview process. When I'm interviewing candidates, we talk about that. This is our opportunity to ex explain to them why we are unique. And then in orientation, we go even further. So I'm giving a store tour and we head upstairs where we've got two eight foot folding tables set out where we have our team from DIRT help us organize all of our accessories that come in. Um, so when we get up there, this is when I say, we inspire self-expression. And I want to tell you about a program that we do at this store in Park Meadows. 
It's not a company thing, but here's what we do because this is a passion of mine. And then we open up that dial. Cody and I talked about, um, you know, getting this first round of interns really set up for success and um, graduates and uh, now DSW employees set up for success. And um, we've always done that on a super individualized basis. So we have a job coach going to work with Rachel and that job coach is um, learning Rachel's job alongside her and helping her get up to um, speed of and exceed the speed of what would be a neurotypical employee while at the same time um, providing that support and coaching to um, Rachel's supervisors. We eventually want to be able to fade ourselves out while um, then implementing and creating the culture at DSW that their supervisors and team know exactly how to support these individuals and create you know, a mentorship type program that um, is more what Microsoft may have done um, that takes us out of the picture and is more of what this is how our store operates for everybody. I hope that we can, one, in the store, at my location, I would like to have a footprint of, bio, of biodiversity and neurodiversity and that we have these individuals on staff and we leverage their strengths of low turnover, of coming to work every day on time um, and, and enjoying their jobs. And if that's two employees to 10 employees, I don't know, but I wanna make sure we have that as long as it's successful for us. Every journey starts with a first step. We learned so much from Cody and Lauren. Let's highlight the steps they took when hiring their first intern. One of the best things we do at DSW is we have two roles, sales and warehouse. Okay. Um, sales is on the sales floor, talking to customers, running the register, um, customer service, right? Mm -hmm. Warehouse is very task-based. Um, that's where you still engage with customers. You still say hi and help them, you know, facilitate their needs, but it's about the back of house that makes the sales team successful. Without the warehouse, we are not a good company, right? That's how we get shoes out. And the traits of somebody that is in the warehouse is somebody that is attention to detail, somebody that is comfortable doing repetitive work, but trying to get better every day, and then fulfilling orders for online. Um, and so we have found individuals that can process this product for us and get it out without making mistakes because they they know what the expectations are. Um, and so that is, that's an extremely exciting thing for us. There's this misconception that people who are acknowledged as neurodivergent are less intelligent than the general population, but they're not. And yet they are more likely to be unemployed than those who are known to be neurotypical. My name is Andres Lindholm Berenger. Everybody calls me Andy for short. That's Andy. He's a dirt coffee apprentice and DSW shoe store employee in Littleton, Colorado. Um, can you tell us how you got involved with dirt first? Well, I got involved with dirt because I've been out of work for more than a year and my job experience skills were a bit rusty and I needed some little training to build up my confidence again and job experience so that way I can get back in the field and find another job that suits me. An estimated 80% of people with autism go unemployed, 
even though many are highly educated and eager to work. What was that experience like during those three months? It was like something that I've almost forgotten, like what it's like to connect and socialize with everyone and fit in with society. Everyone seemed unfazed of who I am and what I have. They just saw me as, like I'm everybody else, a person who does what he can to connect with others. Dirt Coffee is not your average coffee shop, and this wasn't your average apprenticeship program. There were positions in there that could work for me, either with people or not. I was working in the back room where they would do the packaging and tagging for shipments for next order or two, and it was great. Though many people with these diagnoses have higher than average abilities, research shows that some conditions, including autism and dyslexia, can present special skills beneficial to businesses in pattern recognition, memory, and mathematics. I just like doing more than one test that's either easy or perhaps a little more complex and being sophisticated required, you know, problem solving and memorizing. Studies have shown that diverse workforces are more innovative, perform better, and can help expand a company's pool of prospective customers. I met fellow employees who were similar to me and then those who weren't, but they saw me as a person who's very capable. Remember when we took on this project, you and I both weren't sure how the interviews would go or what would come from them because neither of us have had a ton of professional working experience with people with autism. Yeah, sure. But when Andy talked to us about his contributions to both DIRT and DSW and the impact, that's when I personally realized why this all matters or should matter to any company who wants a future in this drastically changing competitive market. The people there at DIRT are very welcoming open hands and they they understand your feelings and they understand what you're going through and they just want to help you like build up all the confidence you need to be ready in any work field that you would want to find because when I was there at first I was uncertain but over time I began to realize that they were making me realize my potential because various tasks seem to match which, what might be out there for you that you like or are very capable of. And, and once you put your effort into it, you'll finally reach that point where you actually found where you are in terms of the work field and much more. I had similar realizations when we were talking to Robbie and when he really kind of opened up and, and shared with us about how he worked from doing very logistical task-oriented work at Dirt to producing videos for, for their shop. Starting with the truck, I was basically an intern. I would um, take orders at the register. I, sometimes I would write down what the customer ordered. And I did a little of the barista stuff, and I would give it out whenever the drinks were ready. About eight years ago, certain advantages that neurotypicals take for granted were locked to Robbie. Uh, and then moving on to the shop, I'm 
mostly back of the house stuff like I would cook the burritos, I would also take orders and sometimes make the drinks. And most of the time I would like go down and count inventory, make sure everything's up to date. And if we're low on anything, we put it on a shopping list and basically we just order it up. That way we don't end up with a mad crowd. Through working with Lauren's garden development program, now Robbie has steady employment, he lives alone, and can research, plan, and take public transportation. He's also able to have two side hustles in film and comic books. Before we started recording, you were telling us that you have long-term ambitions of film. That's right. Can you talk to us about it? Um, so I've wanted to make movies since I was a little kid. I originally wanted to get into the Colorado Film School, but I couldn't because of my autism in my first few classes at college. And so I decided to move on from there. And I got into another program called Emily Griffith Technical College. I picked up my um, reading and math skills, and then I started the video production program there, where I made a couple videos for the Garden and Dirt. Then after graduating from the video program, I was hired by Garden to produce a video for the um, uh, for the Take Root 2015 campaign, and then I also produced another video to help promote the shop and also edit other videos that they asked me to do. What started out as a client-focused relationship has grown into something much deeper for Robbie and Lauren. Well, she's well, she's becoming more of a like a like an older sister or like a another mother of some who really need it and she really supports me whenever I need it and she'll come up whenever I need help and she's always there for me she's always there for me the most rewarding educational and probably the most difficult part of our experience in Colorado was our interview with Rachel. My name is Rachel. Rachel has Down syndrome and has been attending the day program at Garden for a few years now. The first apprentice in the DSW project. Being at DSW? Yes. Yes. Why do you like working at DSW? Do you like shopping? I like shopping. Rachel is so warm, you can tell she loves to shop, she loves shoes, but I'll admit she was definitely nervous. I mean, I would be too, as in this room you can picture it, there were cameras, microphones, lights, cables, and equipment everywhere. It's definitely intimidating. I'm not going out on Friday. You're going there on Friday? You're to shop? Yeah, or want, to work? I want to buy something. Yeah? What are you going to buy? The shoes. The shoes. The shoes. <laughs> Even though Lauren repeatedly prepped us for this interview, saying to ask Rachel questions with one-word answers and to really give her time be between our questions so that she could formulate a thought and answer, I struggled. There was something about the the silence that was uncomfortable for for the both of us and. I have to say that we probably didn't do a very good job, but we're learning, and with every experience, we we get better. I'm not sure about you, 
But while I love meeting and knowing neurodiverse people in my personal life, I wasn't 100% sure how businesses bring people at all varying cognitive functioning onto highly productive teams successfully. Yeah. And it takes a lot of work to, to do this. And it's encouraging to hear from what Cody learned throughout developing this apprenticeship program at DSW. It feels like anyone interested in making this happen, regardless of industry, could actually approach building a similar experience. So with the first individual, it was learning what parts of our training curriculum is going to work for them and how do we overcome any obstacles. And it can either be extremely frustrating and daunting or it can be just an opportunity to see what we can do differently to create a catered training program, but that still meets all the requirements of our business. So there were some reach outs to HR to say, hey, can we do this instead of this? Is this reasonable? And some things are absolutely, yeah, let's make this adjustment. That's a very reasonable accommodation. And then there are others that like, no, that's a legal requirement. We have to do that. And we were able to overcome all of them within a matter of you know two weeks of conversations. It wasn't something that was an obstacle that was so daunting that you couldn't solve it and see the light at the end of the tunnel. In order to reap the benefits of this type of diversity, companies will have to be more inclusive of their recruitment, selection, and career development policies. Job boards are dead. <laughs> Nobody goes to a job board anymore. Um, people want to find their jobs differently and they want different things out of their jobs. They want experiences. They want to feel appreciated in a different way than they ever have before. And I think that we as employers have to think differently, whether that's that we're hiring somebody that is on the spectrum or not on the spectrum. It's about their experience as much as them providing to us. And so I think it's about looking outside of the box that we live in and just being open to new ideas. And that's what started this, is thinking of a new idea. And I hope that other people just think that same way. Okay, so you two met, you all toured, you got it started. What happened from there? You like, what did this process look like to really build the partnership? Yeah, there? was was there an application interview process? Talk to us a little bit about so the beginnings. It's, it's interesting. The way we started was kind of like, I'm I feel like I'm a very good interviewer. Like that's what I do. I interview people, try to find out if they're going to be a culture fit. One of the challenges all businesses face when hiring people is leaders generally hire people who are a reflection of themselves. Sometimes consciously and sometimes unconsciously. And it's a lot of questions that are very transparent, but also you're looking for root causes, behaviors, things like that. Traditionally, we're taught that Something like eye contact is an important indicator during an interview, along with several other bullets like being a team player, emotional intelligence, persuasiveness, being a salesperson, the ability to network or conform to standard practices, you know, being a neurotypical or an extrovert, you're able to, to kind of pick up maybe on some of those certain social cues. This is not that. This is like... We, we did a tour and it's very simple. Do you want to do this? Yes or no? And they tell you yes or no. It's taking an interview and completely flipping it around to what you wish an interview looked like, huh. um, where people are just honest. And you can say, you know, are you, are you going to be late to work? And they'll say yes or no. And now you know. 
And the interviews went from a normally I spend 45 minutes to an hour in an interview. And we get all of the answers we need in like 15 minutes. Wow. And then Warren's expertise of knowing them partnered with me now starting to know what I need. We can make a hiring decision within 20 minutes as opposed to the normal process is, you know, two interviews and, you know, a couple hours of decision making. Uh, so that was a big change. Um, and so, yeah, initially we were looking like, I was like 10, let's do 10. And then we realized that retail's ever changing, right? So DSW is evolving constantly. And the one thing I don't want to do is overpromise and underdeliver. So that's not a good working experience for anybody. So we started smaller and we're getting bigger still. We're adding, we're, we're playing, and it's just a different way of thinking. We interview first and then we send the job application. Uh, the responsiveness of like, yes, I'm going to get this done the minute you send it is super exciting. Yeah. When do I start tomorrow? You know, and that's what's so exciting is they want to come in and get started with us. And that fits within our culture. Companies may have to make tiny alterations to be inclusive. The ramp-up time might vary for different folks. We did have to make some accommodations in the way of like, I may have, ex I would expect a neurotypical to do this job well in two weeks. Mm -hmm. And we've discussed, okay, this is going to take nine weeks. Okay. So that's an adjustment. But once they get there, they're consistent. You don't need to go back and redirect, you know, um, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. They're doing the job that they're asked which is then, as a leader, requires less supervision, which is mm -hmm. something very different. Cody's store even incorporates more inclusive communication that we can all learn from. The next change is how we lead had to be different. Um, so we really try to be direct with all of our employees, but tact is of the utmost importance, right? You want people to want to come to work every day. Yeah, so right. we give direct feedback, but it's very different than how we give our feedback to our neurodivergent employees, right? So instead of saying like, hey, talk to me about what you think the expectations are, it's more of like, hey, you're doing that wrong. Let me show you how to do it right. Um, and then we show it again, right? And that's something that a neurotypical would maybe be offended by. I was just going to ask, right? like, is that offensive? Or yeah. does that, okay, it does And okay. so my two stockroom leaders have become so good at this. Um, and I routinely have to adjust my conversation because I will go to them and be like, wow, you, you are being mean. And they're like, no, the job coaches and Lauren told me to, I'm like, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're the expert. I'm, you know, um, so it's been a big learning opportunity for me and I've gotten a lot better at it. They, they adjusted significantly quicker than I have. Okay. Um, and so it was a change we had to make though. Yeah. Um, and you know, I always joked with her, I'm like, I wish I could talk to everybody this way because it's so much more clear what expectations are. I mean, we're still kind, it's just direct. What's interesting about this story is that what Dirt and DSW are doing from a testing and piloting of the program and then monitoring of the results won't only just be helpful to DSW, but also to other companies and having a competitive edge in the future. Because an organization cannot stay ahead of the curve if all of its people are thinking the same way. It's very easy to make excuses for people mm -hmm. in any situation, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. we're an empathetic leadership group, right? And this is a great way for us to see our entire team differently, right? Um, one of the biggest 
lack of adjustments we've had to make was accommodations. I anticipated this list of accommodations and I was ready for it. And I think we settled on three that were extremely basic. Um, and Lauren was very clear, like hold them to the same standards you'd hold anybody to. And that was empowering to me as an employer, right? Like we don't have to adjust our expectations. And there's been a learning curve with that um, and some patience, but ultimately you're on time or you're not. And we're not gonna make accommodations that aren't reasonable. And I think that that's what's super empowering about this as an employer is that it, it wasn't hard. It wasn't a major shift in the way we do things and we're getting benefit out of it. It's really inspiring to hear their dedication to this program and how it has an opportunity to grow within the team structure. And then talk about learning for the way you just lead in general, right? Yeah. You do that and you go, okay, wow, I have to remember when I'm working with um, a DIRT graduate is that I need to show, not just explain. Well, a lot of people learn that way, yes, right? Yes. And it's easy for me, who's an expert at something in shoes, right? To go, here's what you do, go do it. And then I'm shocked when I don't get the results I want. Like that's counterintuitive, right? And so now it's like, no, I'm going to show you because it's easy for me. It doesn't mean it's easy for you. And so it, it does change the way you lead um, for everyone. For everyone. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, and then again, it brings you back to like, wow, this is really benefiting us. What an incredible outcome of an unexpected meeting. The impact of what Lauren and her team has done at DIRT with the apprenticeship program and now how it's feeding the DSW creates this like continuous ripple effect of impact. That first week of getting them started and Rachel, who you talked to, was so empowered and satisfied with the work she was doing. And she was excited to come and tell us about what she did that day. And she kept wanting to come in and buy shoes. Like that is exciting, right? And then more recently with Andy, seeing that he's exceeding the expectations of what I ever would have expected. And he's doing what a neurotypical would do and more. And we continue to add to his regimen of what he can do. Because in retail, things are always changing. And if one of our processes disappears tomorrow, which is always possible, I don't want to have to discontinue this um, program. So we're giving Andy secondary, tertiary tasks that he will have job stability with us. And we continue to add him on to more hours and more shifts, which is exciting because he's benefiting us, but we can see how he feels empowered and excited. They are become different individuals once they get a job. Um, it's the sense of pride. They are um, feel like they're finally contributing their whole life. They have been helped by somebody else or a ton of other people. And now finally they're able to help other people and not only customers, but an organization and their boss and their supervisors and their coworkers. It opens up a whole new world for who these individuals are and how they think about themselves. Um, their whole life, they've been given very little opportunities to make an impact and now they're able to make an impact. We usually end our episodes with a learning section, but we want to wrap this episode up with the type of impact a program like this has. Um, if you're out, uh, if you're on the spectrum and you really want to try harder, just work really hard until you feel a good connection with the world. 
and then just keep working until you you make enough to keep yourself in line and stay alive. My experience in my life, there are many obstacles and walls and barriers that we have to overcome. They're not always easy, but if you put some hard work and effort into it, you might be able to overcome them. And I've learned there are things that you can and cannot do. And what I've learned on my own is you must never let anybody or anything, including you, hold you back for who and what you are. Because that's how you can get somewhere, either in the either in the job field or maybe just in general in life. People should, like me, should go to DSW because like there, they welcome anyone who has any capability despite what they have, like in terms of your condition or what we would say disability. But doesn't, to them, it doesn't matter. What matters is what you can do, what you're capable of. That's great. So, so would you say that people at DSW, they don't see your disability? No, they just see your talent, your strengths, like what you can do that they find very amazing, intriguing, and all that positivity. Gosh, everyone showed that. Me too. Everyone. Well, that's what DSW would like the community to do, and that's what Dirt wanted was to make the community follow that example is to welcome people with disabilities into the working field and get them the job experience and get them the actual job that they would want and need. There are people ready and eager to help us all learn more about this type of inclusion. The, the biggest takeaway that I've been able to see from my work is the shift in the individuals we serve and their level of confidence. Um, I didn't realize how big of a deal that was and how having confidence or lack of confidence really changes or could change and um, colors your entire life and existence. So um, from just teaching one of um, Dirt's longest employees who started, his name's Daniel, who started off as a um, client at Garden, his only task or our only task was to teach him how to ride public transportation. And that he did it he does it well um, it took maybe three to four months um, that one skill that we were able to teach opened up his entire world it made him more confident he was able to go places independently and not have to depend on mom or dad um, and navigate his world little things like that is um, makes such a huge difference and something that i've always or have taken for granted is i didn't realize wow, I get to hop in a car and drive to work every day um, without asking for, for permission. And I actually know how to do that. And not everybody has that um, opportunity. If you want to talk more about this episode, neurodiversities, or other programs of inclusion, email us at humaninclusive or write us a comment and hit us up on social media. Thank you for joining us for this episode. A special thank you to Lauren Burgess, Cody Hemmen, Robbie, Andy, and Rachel. And a thank you to DSW Shoe Store and Dirt Coffee for participating in the story creation. Thank you to Dante32 for hosting our content. 
and a special thanks for our music by Justin Plot Ramos. This episode is edited and produced by Human Inclusive's Leah James and Christopher Guest.